<laughs> it's giving me so many problems. That is the opener sound right there. <laughs> My mom it. is going to be so upset. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> Hey everyone! <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh my gosh! Before this, we were talking about lawyer listeners, and I just have to give a shout out to the Tim. If you're out there, I know you're listening to this because you told me that you listen to every episode, and I told you in real life that I don't know if that's embarrassing or if that's really flattering. But either way, I appreciate your listenership. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not even a loyal listener of our own podcast so i <laughs> when carol hasn't even listened to every episode i've listened to every episode because we recorded them but i haven't listened to everyone after it's been oh after it's been put out put out honestly i listen to our podcasts pretty frequently do you really that's a good yeah thing. i went through a phase where i didn't because i had i listen to it when i'm caught up on my other podcasts because oh, i have like okay. a couple i have a couple that i frequent that i listen to often but if I don't have any episodes of those, then I'll, like, go back and listen to old episodes of ours. I think that the story time one is one of the funniest. It's so funny. I listened to our episode called, um, for those that are listening, the Fact or Fiction episode. And it is literally the biggest <laughs> fever dream you've ever experienced in your life. It's so chaotic. Is There's... that the one we recorded together? No, no. We recorded it right after Alex's bachelorette party. And my sister was in town for the weekend and I was exhausted and you were still working night shift and you had like not slept for an actual 24 hours. And it is literally, there's zero structure. There's like <laughs> four people that come in and interrupt. It's literally the most chaotic thing ever. And it's so funny. And oh maybe- my gosh. Yes. Alex came in and like got a dress. Yes, Alex came in in the middle of it. Lindsay came in in the middle of it. And oh my gosh, it is literally so funny. It's so Wait, funny. I should listen to that one again. That's funny. I feel like it's not funny to other people, though, because they don't know us that well. But to me, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever been a part of. Oh my gosh. Well, Carol, what are we going to do today? I think today's a pretty special day. Um, I like- think I have to agree. Like we've been saying, there's some there's some episodes that we put out, and I'm like, that's fun for us, but it's not like I don't know how far it's going to go with the with the listeners. Mm-hmm. I think this one will go far. I think this one will have a good <laughs> a good back to it, like a good a good support system. It will feel loved and cherished because. We are talking about the one and the only, the musician of the year, the decade queen, the Taylor Swift. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, um, my gosh. I thought that we, if we could put in a blurb of her own music in like, ah, like right here. But I don't think that we can because of copyright. Yeah, I think that's illegal, technically. Also, we use a free service. So we're not. Here, that- I'll <laughs> sing it. Which one do you want okay. me to, which one do you want here? Um. You can, oh, we could sing all too well together. <gasps> oh my gosh, the full 10 minute version. The full 10 minute version. <laughs> Do you even know? I don't think I even know all the words yet. I'm still, um, you think used I to know it. all the words? Lindsay, it took me seven <laughs> months. It took me seven months to learn the five minute all too well version. And they added five more minutes onto it. Give me another seven months and I'll have it as down <laughs> as I do now. Dude, oh my gosh. I've had, I've actually, this is funny that we're talking about this because. I've actually had multiple people approach me about my love for Taylor Swift since uh, her red came out, since Taylor's version of red came out, because I posted about it like a quadrillion times and like posted all of my favorite songs and like all of this stuff. And I like had people like, for example, I was at a friend's giving for my class for um, PT and I was wearing this like white sweater and my friend approached me and was like, this is a very, like, Taylor Swift look of you. Like, I don't know what made her say that, but I was like, that is literally the highest compliment you could ever give me. And she was like, um, she's like, yeah, you like, she's like, I know that people say that it's, like, really basic to be a fan of Taylor Swift, but, like, you are not just, like, a fan of her because she's popular. Like, you are, like, obsessed with her. And I was like, okay, fair. 
You're right about that. You're right. <laughs> and I told her, I was like, listen, I literally don't even care that it's popular to listen to Taylor Swift because I literally love her so much and she's a musical genius. And she was like, yeah, you're honestly the only reason that I know anything about Taylor Swift. And I was like, wow. Thank wow. you so much. Yeah. She's like, you are like a true fan of hers. And I was like, honestly, thank you for saying that as an outsider to my life. If that's the one thing besides being a Christian, if that's the one thing that you know about me, then mission complete. My yeah, like my life here on earth has been accomplished. It's been good fulfilled. And a good and faithful servant. I mean, if you will, you know. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. I was I was going to I was going to warn you. I podcast with kind of a hot take. <gasps> Carol, oh my gosh, what are you going to say? But I I wanted to warn you because I've had some time to think about it and I wanted to bring it to the table. True listening ears and an open-minded heart. Oh no. I'm so scared for what you're about to say. I might lose, we might lose followers of the podcast because of what I'm about to say. No, I'm joking. We won't, we won't, we won't. We have like 30 followers. So. <laughs> and half of them are our friends. So Yeah, and literally... 75% of them are people we already know so um I was gonna say so we're jumping in to red version or Taylor's version of red oh okay we're starting we're going we're going because we're in this the middle is part of my hot take okay hot take and I was having a conversation with with some, with of, my some friends, of my friends mm-hmm. and um I we were talking about how significant the all too well 10 minute version, the short film, um, the emphasis of all too well and the relationship behind it. And I, they were, we were having a conversation about if the drama that has been, let me rephrase that the emphasis on the heartbreak of the relationship, if that is warranted, for everything that has come out of it hence the two now three versions of all too well the short film everything to go along with that Mm -hmm. in the most basic sense i'm saying is it has it been all needed does not i won't go i won't go as far as justice for jake because that's a lot but i'm (laughs) Their relationship was three months. She was 19. He was 30. It's already icky to begin with. And I get that it's icky. And I agree that it's, it was wrong. And he treated her poorly. I, I agree with all of that. But like, is this heartbreak that the, the amount of emotion that was put into this 10 minute all too well. Like if you listen to the lyrics, she is devastated. And like, is that truly all from this relationship with Jake what is it a culmination of a bunch of different relationships put together at this and Jake was the tipping point I just am saying Jake is getting a lot of heat for something that might not be all rooted from the three-month relationship they had I see what you're saying and I honestly I I think I think that I semi agree with you I think can I ask a clarifying question yes basically are you saying like is all of this like worth the rehashing to an extent yes yes i'm saying like is it necessary to do all of this for what actually happened well here's the thing my friend is that taylor swift is coy in the fact that she never says who her song's about that's true so all of this what's even crazier than even what i think you're saying is that She's never said that this song is about Jake Gyllenhaal. So the entire internet has just blown up this man for a song that probably isn't even about him. <laughs> and I mean, to that be is fair, so true. to be fair, she does give a lot of clues and there are a lot of conclusions to draw, i.e. the fact that she hired Sadie Fink what is her name Sadie Sink Sadie Fink Sadie Sink Sadie Sink and Dylan O'Brien who have a significant age gap 
to do the short film and things like the scarf like apparently there are pictures of her in the scarf and there are pictures of them fighting in the car you know that whole thing so like is it fair to draw that conclusion possibly but she has never flat out said this song is about jake gyllenhaal so like the entire internet is just drawing all these conclusions and flaming this man for a song that potentially that might not isn't... even be about him. Yeah, it might not be about him or completely about him. I think that it's more to do with, like, I think it's more of like a culmination of the heartbreak that she has experienced Experience. in all of her breakups. Okay, and and that's and that makes more sense due to the fact of how emotionally like how emotional this song is and like the the verbiage that she the lyrics that she is writing paint a picture of one that is just devastated and like is on the ground I mean crumbled up on a like a piece of paper lying there you know <laughs> like I that is like so so specific of a like of an emotion yeah. You don't just say that just about any kind of breakup. Like, you say that because you really mean that. I agree. But here's the thing is that she also very well could have been writing all of this about that one relationship. That's true. That's true. And that, and it really could be that way. And we'll just never know. And that is, that's the beauty of it is that because her whole thing that she says, because a lot of people like, you know, the points that you're making get caught up in the drama and which boy is this song about and which boy is this song about and blah 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 but I listened to an interview because some idiot reporter asked her is this about Jake Gyllenhaal and she very elegantly and like I think smartly I don't even know if that's a word answered the question with she doesn't tell us who these songs are about because she wants her fans to relate their own experiences to the songs that she to sings. Right. She wants us as fans to put ourselves in the song and relate our own experiences to the song. Because she has a really good way of putting words to feelings that a lot of people don't know how to express. Like, that whole, like, I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying here. Like, that is, like you said, it's a very specific feeling. It's a very specific emotion that a lot of people could not put words to. And her saying that, it made people be like, yes, like, that's exactly how I feel with my situation. Yes. You know? So I think that she does that stuff on purpose so that we can experience her music in with our person with her but in our own personal way and right. we're not like singing about jake gyllenhaal breaking taylor swift's heart we're singing about our heartbreak and like relating it back to our life okay i'm done we are 10 minutes into this episode and i have already gotten on the soapbox <laughs> and i have already gotten a little bit too passionate about this <laughs> I was about to say, though, that that might be one of the best exchanges we've done on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Not me joking. (laughs) Like, like that was, I think, real podcast material. That was so, yeah, it really was. It was such a good back and forth. But to answer your question, I agree. I do think that it's a lot. I think it's a lot of rehashing. And Jake Gyllenhaal is going to have to live underground for quite some time. For quite some time. And so, like, I I definitely think that, one, I agree with how you um, stated the way that, that Taylor has um, brought her music to life, per se, to so to speak. Because, like, truly, she is bringing music and bringing emotions out that people cannot put them put out themselves. Um. Second of all, I think that she has gone through taking a wider scope to look at Taylor Swift. I think that she has gone through so many different emotions of anger, aka reputation, of um, I think there's like the whole folklore and evermore 
season was very like interest intra introspective thank you just like very like focused on how she is feeling and her own personal uh, music journey and like thinking about like a different wave of music like I think that was really interesting and to be completely honest I'm going to be very vulnerable here and I might get some (laughs) backlash I am not a true Taylor fan of her early stuff not saying I don't like it I'm saying that Lindsay here is a the most loyal fan like loyal is the only way I can describe and Riley would probably beg to differ that she's probably the most loyal fan Riley I hello (laughs) I was texting Riley earlier and I typed Taylor Swift instead of Riley's name so (laughs) if that if that says anything yes oh we have to have an aside that we, we asked our friend Riley to come on to this episode, and she unfortunately, well, to be fair, we asked her at the very last minute, and she <laughs> couldn't. It was not her fault. It's it not, not that she was too busy. It's that we asked her like oh, an hour before we were going to record, and she was like, I have three meetings today, and I was like, rip. <laughs> I'm sorry. So she was supposed to be on this episode, but she, honestly, and I think that the only, she she would consider herself the biggest taylor swift fan of all time i agree with that she knows every single word to every single song on every single album and she also has been to every single taylor swift concert my personal favorite is that what we should do next is ask what our personal favorite well you have to finish your thought with the fact that you didn't like i grew up listening to taylor swift and you didn't okay yes okay thank you I am not a loyal fan because it was not something I grew up with. I grew up listening to Cascada. (laughs) (laughs) No. Maybe that's the most vulnerable thing I say in this podcast. That for sure. That is a vulnerable, that is like heart on the table moment for you. Uh, That and Shakira was like what I listened to growing up. I can't Therefore, Therefore, I jumped into the Taylor Swift scene honestly when I met you Mm -hmm. and I vividly remember when the Reputation album came out we were on our way to a birthday party do you remember the birthday party we picked up Eureka Pizza yes yes I'm remembering it's coming back to me it's coming back it's kind of in a vault because that was a long time ago so I remember that and that was honestly like the first album that Taylor had released that I was like I should probably listen to this as like a member of pop culture, like I a member of pop culture. A <laughs> like as a, a member of this generation. A member of of the society that we live in that I should have some form of knowledge on this. So like I really enjoyed reputation, but it felt very angry to me. And it wasn't really my it wasn't really my scene. It's because like you didn't appreciate the evolution that occurred. Yes. Yes, exactly right. Is that I did not appreciate where she came from and where she was going. So, it was Reputation and then Lover, correct? Yes. Okay, so Lover was a weird vibe for me. We Lover was there. a fever dream, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it was like, I was like, I don't really like this. And I, I am a type of person that if I don't like music, I won't listen to it, regardless of who it's by. Yeah. I, and so, I did not listen to it because I was like, I mean, I did just to like have some basic knowledge, but it wasn't like what Reputation was where I would listen to it on repeat. So, this after lover came out and i was like this isn't disappointing that's a strong word but not what i was expecting you know it's a hot take but i agree it folklore came out and i was like this is it i was like this is my scene this is solid music that i enjoy every song on and it was very different than what she'd been putting out previously so it was a new era of taylor with something that I felt like I could connect with. Therefore, I felt like I became a true fan of folklore by Taylor Swift. Not of, like, I am not a dedicated fan necessarily, but I became a fan of that album, truly. And then Mm -hmm. the Evermore came out so quickly after, it was almost like a, a child of two twins. Yes. And so that is what I have truly become a fan of. So would you say you're a fan of the albums or a fan of Taylor Swift? I would say a fan of the albums, truly. <sighs> if I'm if I'm being honest with myself, 
Why I, are we even here? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am a fan of Taylor Swift because I think that she is a very talented artist and that she has done something that not many artists have ever have done mm-hmm. and been able to. I respect her craft. I respect her music. I am not a loyal fan of it all. I am a loyal fan of the stuff that is the music style that I like. That might again you know, be another hot take, but that's fair. I want, it I is want a to hot be take. Here. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. I do think though that one thing that's cool about where you're at and what Taylor's doing is that because she's putting out all of her old music and but she's putting it out because the whole thing you know there was the drama everybody if you know Taylor Swift the drama with not owning her music and all that stuff so she's putting out her old music but in the way that she always intended it and in the way that she wanted to and you as a later fan slash fake fan if you want to put it that way thank um, you (laughs) i'm kidding you get to appreciate her music for what she always intended it to be and you get to hear it and learn it and listen to it from a fresh perspective because all of us who grew up with her we learned you know like speak now and uh fearless and like all of those older albums like we like yes we grew up on those and like i know all of those songs by heart so to me like this whole taylor's version thing and red in 1989 like I remember vividly when 1989 came out and it was like it rocked my world and it was literally everything that I it was so good and but it's like I already know all of those songs so it's like it's great because like Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift and I will listen to her all day long right but like I'm listening to the same music that I listened to when I was 13 but you get to appreciate it in a whole new way because you didn't know it before and you get to hear it the way that she always wanted you to hear it so in a way, wow. you get such a unique experience, Carol. Thank you for opening my eyes to that. Because I really think I, because since this whole situation of really new releases of like old music has come mm-hmm. out, I've, I have been able to like say, hey, I don't know this song. Like, um, oh my gosh what is the song that's it has two versions it's the one that you posted about um there's an acoustic and there's a regular oh state of grace yes i listened to that for the first time and really appreciated it and was like this is really good and i had never heard it before and i like i didn't know that it was on red i didn't know like the only reason I knew all of that is because of this this album. Mm-hmm. So it is a, a totally different perspective because like it is so sweet to me to think that you are reliving these songs that you listened to at 13. Like that is such a sweet thing that Taylor's been able to give girls our age to because, so many like, people. Like the the massive generation that is here that is at the same place that you're at where they went to the Fearless tour and they went to Speak Now and they're like I went to Red as a loyal fan and now I get to hear it again as an, as an adult and relive all those experiences. Like, what a gift, you know? So she's gifting and giving in so many ways. In so many ways. In so many ways. Because you got to experience State of Grace in the way that she always wanted everybody to experience State of Grace. Right. Oh my gosh. Literally so insightful. So empowering. <laughs> I'm literally on the verge of tears. I love her so much. <laughs> oh my gosh so okay i think we should i think we can now ask let's let's not ask favorites let's should we rank the albums is that fair to you to rank the albums yeah i yeah yeah i think it's a pretty easy ranking for me but yes i think you can rank and we we can consider like red and red taylor's version like the same we don't have to like rank red taylor's version and then rank red like we can just okay i can do that you know and you don't even have to rank the ones that you don't really listen to you can just rank the ones that you are familiar with if that would make you feel better well yeah i just want to give them i don't want to rank fearless and speak now low because i don't listen to them because that's not fair yeah so in the sense of 
dedication to the cause, I would say that Riley is a bigger fan. But Riley does get the award. She gets yeah, the she can have the award on that for sure. So anyway, she could not be here. Um, hopefully we'll get some of her thoughts at some point. She hasn't replied because she is an actual adult and has um, things to do. But anyway, I had to say that because you were talking about her. So anyway, I agree, and I and I I'm glad that you stopped me because I think that I do I did want to make sure that we mentioned Riley and that we gave her the credit that she deserves as a fan. Mm -hmm. So, good job. Okay, I'll go and then and then you go. Okay, so let's start at the bottom. Um, Okay, here's a hot take and an unpopular opinion is. I don't like Lover. I think Lover is by far her worst album. Just by far. Um, I didn't really like the vibe of it. Um, And there are some... Okay, that's a lie because there are some songs that I do enjoy on it. I think my favorites... Oh, frick. See, now I'm going to have to pull up Spotify and look at all the songs on each of the albums. (laughs) (laughs) This was Um, a bigger task than we thought. I know. This was a this was a much bigger task than we anticipated. Um let's see. Let's go to Lover. I do like the song Lover. I think that that one's good. Um I like I forgot that you existed. I like Cruel Summer. Um I think The Archer is stupid. I like Paper Rings. <laughs> I like I don't know all of Cornelia Street. I'll listen to it. I hate False God. I think that's stupid. I don't like me with Brendan Urie. I'm going to be honest. Um, So, like, this is the few... This is one of probably the only album that I, like, would skip songs on. Like, there are songs that I would, like, rather listen to something else. So, that's why she's at the bottom. But don't get me wrong. There's still some bangers on here. Like... I think he knows is a banger. Paper Rings is so cute. I love Paper Rings. Cruel Summer is a banger. Like, so don't get me wrong. Like, there's there's definitely some hits on here. But I also think that it got lost. You know, like, Lover was one of those. Like, Reputation came out. It was a huge deal. She had the tour. I mean, the tour was the best right. tour she's ever done. Like, it was right before COVID hit. It was insane. And then Lover happened, and we were all like, what the heck? And then COVID hit, and then we were like, OMG, we're all quarantined. And then she puts out freaking Folklore and Evermore, and Folklore and Evermore were like the biggest deal of all time. It was a completely different vibe. She wrote them all by herself. She went to the freaking Long Pond Studios. Right. She did Long Pond versions. Like, that was a whole thing. So I feel like Lover just kind of got lost in the midst of them, you know? Like, it was just like, it was it was in between two huge moments in her career and it just kind of yeah it just like didn't really I don't think it got the attention that I think she wanted it to do you think it got the attention it deserved yes (laughs) um okay so lovers at the bottom big no-no for me um let's see what's next oh see this is so hard um probably her first album Taylor Swift called taylor swift (laughs) um he was how old was she in this like i mean literally i have no idea that see that's a riley question riley would know the answer to that um i don't know how old she was and listen don't get me wrong again this is this is an iconic album wait i'm trying to pull it up um you gotta get her discography up that is so I know. Helpful. This is what's happening. Okay, yeah, this was in 2006. So, like, Tim McGraw, Picture to Burn, like, such iconic songs. Should have said no. Our song is on here. That's a like, good one. Mm-hmm. It's a great album, and it's got some iconic moments on it. I just think, you know, it was her first one, you know? Like, she's never done it before. It's also, like, super country, which, looking back on all that Taylor has done... I actually probably a hot take. I don't think that country is her best genre. Like I think that that was where she started and she needed she needed the push. You know, she yeah. needed the country push. But I'm glad that she didn't end up there. Like I'm glad that she's in the pop scene, in like the indie, you know, acoustic scene. Right. I think she does better in that 
uh, setting. So, you know, this was a great album, but she just did better. You know, she did better yeah. than this. I'm looking at some of these albums and there's some good songs on the album. Like I'm, I'm realizing album these good songs are on and I, mm-hmm. my, my list might change a little bit. <gasps> wow. Okay. Next for me. <laughs> oh, I don't know. This is so hard. I'm stuck between 1989 and fearless. Okay. I think I'm going to pick Fearless because, again, these are some iconic songs on here. 15, Love Story, Hey Steven, White Horse, You Belong With Me, You're Not Sorry, Forever and Always. Like, all of these songs are so iconic. And they were my childhood. I'm not going to lie. But this, I think, was, again, like, similar to the Taylor Swift album. Like, this was just her country phase. Right. And I think that she she just did better you know but at the same time like these are just such good songs oh my gosh okay next one i don't even know next one i'm actually gonna say Ooh, i think i'm gonna say 1989 okay now i remember when 1989 came out and i was in my car with one of my good friends at the time and we were shocked by this album because, as you know, Taylor Swift was the country sweetheart. Right. And this album was very, like, 80s synth pop vibes, which was totally different than she had done before. And this album took some warming up, too, I would say. Like, this album, when I... You were confident in her, in her country because that's all she's done yeah it was it was what we knew you know it was what we had grown up with it was what my middle school experience was <laughs> the fist it was what my <laughs> middle school experience was was fearless like fearless was like my first album that I was like yes like this is everything to me and then she comes out with well she came out with speak now but then and that was a country album too so then she comes out in 1989 and I'm like, Taylor, what are you doing? Right. So my initial reaction to 1989 was, this is weird. Like, I'm so confused. But she's really grown on me and she's become one of my favorites. And like Blank Space, like everybody knows that song. Right? Right. It was so good. And one of the most underrated songs I think on this song, on this album is um, Clean. I think Clean is such a good song. And it's just like, it's a good pop vibe. It's a good, like, you know, like, Welcome to New York. Like, I can just picture myself, like, freaking getting off a plane in New York City and having this in my AirPods and just, like, literally living my best life, you know? Yeah. Like, this is, like, the happy-go-lucky film. Like, you know, in the movies when, like, all of everybody's living their best life. Like, yes. this, this is the album behind it. I could see this like opening to like a, I don't want to say like a Barbie film, but you know, like a fun teeny bopper movie where it's like set in New York because like they're from Minnesota. They've never been to the big city and the girls take a trip to New York and like this is them like walking the streets in Manhattan. For sure. A hundred percent. That's the vibe of 1989. So I grew to love her. And there are some good bops on that. Next, I'm going to say Speak Now. Speak Now. This song. Oh, my gosh. These these songs are so good. Mine. Back to December. Speak Now. Dear John. Are you kidding me? Mean. Enchanted. <laughs> I sang. Fun fact about me. I um <laughs> was one of. A couple of people that could sing in my school and they had these like singing competitions where you could like sing a song and I me and a friend of mine <laughs> sang enchanted and I played guitar and she sang the harm the melody and I sang the harmony and we won like second place at this like local heck singing yes, competition did. heck <laughs> yes enchanted. you did oh my gosh this song is this long live iconic better than revenge literally such a good album such a good album and i have like very vivid memories of a lot of these songs like back to december gives me like sense memories i can like see and feel and like smell and taste where i was when i heard this song you know 
So <laughs> I don't, but I'm thrilled that you do. <laughs> so there's that for you. Um, speak now. Okay, what's left? I'm trying to see. Because what we've got left, I'll list them. We've got Red, Reputation, Folklore, and Evermore left. And let me tell you, these four are the anthems of my life these four albums (laughs) like if i could sum up my life and not because i relate to any of them because fun fact noah is the only person i've ever dated and i've never experienced heartbreak but i would still consider these four albums like the summary of like my life and what i would just give everything for so this is really hard for me listen i think i'm just gonna do it and it's gonna be unpopular and that's gonna be okay I think I'm going to put Folklore next, and then Evermore, and then Reputation, and then Red. Okay. Red is tell you that Red was going to be your favorite. I Red is is 100% my favorite album. 100%. And it's because I have the most memories with it, I think. Like, this is, like, one of those that I'm, like, this is such a good album, and I, like, once again can vividly remember listening to every single one of these songs and as a fake fan it is the only tour it's the only concert that i went to i see um so i have also memories of that of red just like being in her presence while she was singing these songs and that's pretty life-changing if you know what i mean Red is just, it's so good. It has such good songs. And Red Taylor's version just, like, amplified everything that is good about the album, in my opinion. So there's that. Reputation is number two. I, listen, people hated Reputation. I literally think it was so genius. It was one of the greatest moves in music, in the music industry. Like, it was, she that woman went underground for years. Nobody saw her. Nobody she didn't post anywhere she took all of her social media down she wasn't seen by paparazzi she wasn't anywhere and then this album comes out like it is probably her best move i would i would consider reputation her best move in her career it is so good it's so iconic it's like what everybody is afraid to feel like people don't like to be angry people don't like to be upset and like vengeful and it's just like a great outlet to feel all of the feelings that everybody tells you that you're not supposed to it's so good oh my gosh it's so good and then folklore and evermore we've already said it they're freaking genius they are these are like i would say my most <laughs> we're gonna have to cut so much out of this <laughs> i was literally thinking this is gonna be our longest episode because we're just gonna keep all this in i, I we're like what are we to. gonna cut out i have no idea um folklore and evermore i would say are the most like my personal music style like outside of taylor swift this is the vibe that i tend to gravitate towards like the very acoustic chill um kind of you know beachy kind of vibes so this was by far like my closest music taste and again like they're just genius i would say like no body no crime cowboy like me oh my gosh that song is so good and like i wish that i had more descriptors like i need to widen my vocabulary just so i can give my feelings and thoughts on taylor swift's albums because I just, like, don't have the words to describe how incredible (laughs) these albums are. So, anyway, in summary. If that's not a compliment, that that might be the best thing you said about her. I mean, in, like, I literally, I literally don't have the words to describe how I feel about these songs and these albums. So, in summary, Lindsay's ranking, Red slash Red Taylor's version, Reputation, the most iconic music industry move that has ever been made um evermore and folklore evermore is only above because of cowboy like me it is literally the best song on the album if you ask me um and then i said speak now 1989 Mm -hmm. fearless taylor swift lover locking it in locking it in i think that that's a very 
genuine and honest ranking <laughs> it's got it's it's got some hot takes in it but i stand by it wow that was lovely to listen to wow i'm so sorry that literally took like an excessive amount of time no 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 i decided that i i don't have enough knowledge to give that intensive a ranking that's okay which is is totally fine because it you had the knowledge and i think we wanted to hear it i know we wanted to hear it so <laughs> i'm glad that you gave in the information that you did i am gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna say what i know okay and I'm going to kind of dive deep into what I love. How's that? That sounds good. Do you want to start from the top and work your way down? No, I'm going to start from the bottom because I want to end and then talk in depth about my favorites. Okay, perfect. Perfect. 1989 and and going forward in time is kind of my barrier. Let's say that. Okay. So like your like, your active listening to Taylor Swift my starts active with 1989. Where I'm like aware of the songs and can recognize them is 1989 and forward. Okay. So that is my range of rankings. We'll say that. That's that's how fair I can be because I okay. I don't want so I, like Taylor Swift, Fearless, and Speak Now, and Red are all off the table. Off the table. Okay. I'm that's so include- sad for you. I'm going to include Taylor's version of Red because I have listened to it. Okay. But it's going to be. <laughs> what? I was going to say something and I think you were going to be like hurt by it. Oh, no. It's, what were you going to say? It's going to be an honorable mention for me because I have not listened to it in its entirety. I have okay. listened to it in its entirety, but I can't. I have not listened to it in the depth and of the time that I've listened to all the others. And I can't give it a real i can give it a real rating that's so fair i don't want to give it a low score because it's probably incredible because of your lack of experience but it's just my lack of experience that's okay is that fair that i'm trying to be as fair as possible i think that's fair (laughs) okay carol's like trying not to hurt my feelings (laughs) (laughs) as well as like the rest of the world because i get how much of a big deal this is like i really i get it (laughs) <laughs> and also, I know that Riley is listening, and like, I don't. I want to be fair to Riley, <laughs> and like, in the in the slim chance that Taylor Swift listens to this, I want to be fair to her too. So, like, overall, I would literally, just, I would, I think, I would drop dead if she listened to this. I think I would go into cardiac arrest. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Could you actually imagine? Could you actually? Like, imagine? I would. I would, <laughs> Carol. I would lose my mind like i would go insane i would go into cardiac arrest i would have a stroke i would have an aneurysm i would literally like every adverse event that could occur is what would happen to me if i knew that she listened to this episode i'm not even joking you (laughs) (laughs) like i literally am in tears thinking about it (laughs) i'm not even getting i wish i was joking (laughs) okay you have to move on (laughs) okay we're moving on my lowest is Lover. It doesn't make sense to me. I There are songs on it, like, I, I agree with you, that I think are good. Cruel Summer, Lover, um, Paper Rings. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> SOS. Um, so, those are the ones that I like. And I will go to those specifically and listen to those. I will mm-hmm. not listen to the full album. This is going to be a lot of hot takes, I'm realizing. Okay. That's okay. Um good listening i guess maybe it'll be interesting um okay my next is 1989 Mm -hmm. i think that it is very good i think that it is like well done i think that it is it is very poppy and i don't love how poppy it is but i think it is very good Mm -hmm. i think my father really likes taylor swift probably more than i do honestly and we should have had lawn on this episode <laughs> we should have and he <laughs> loves this album because i don't think that he's kept up with any other album besides this one so this has a sweet nostalgia because he loves style it's like it's hilarious mm. how much he loves style a great song it's a great song so and blake's face like both of those it's like his 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 drive this gets added points because of that factor Mm-hmm. okay my next is reputation mm. okay 
I, this was, like I said earlier, the beginning, I think, of my true listenership of Taylor Swift consistently. Because now, anytime she comes out with anything, I want to listen to it. And this was the start of it. Okay. Think that there are a lot of really incredible songs. And honestly, while you've been talking, I've been looking at her discography. And this has to be one of the highest listening plays of any album. It's like... Look What You Made Me Do has 677 million plays. And, like, I don't know of another song besides All Too Well that gets close. Yeah. Let's look at her. We can look at her top five as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, her top five is all Red Taylor's version. Okay. That's what it was like. Her popular was all of that. But I didn't know if they had any others. (sighs) I will say, though. It was a good mix of, like, delicate, sweet, and, like, mm-hmm. a different vibe than Look What You Made Me Do and Ready For It. Like, it's, it's like, it kind of whiplash in the best way. Yeah, I agree. Like, delicate and, like, dress. Get car and gorgeous and dress are all, like, one vibe. And then there's, like, this is why we can't have nice things yes don't I blame did something me bad. i did something bad end game like all of those are like the same vibe right so i do think that it's and it's interesting her lineup for it like ready for it is like what you start out with mm-hmm. i think it's interesting like king of my heart is also i think the same vibe as gorgeous and mm-hmm. delicate and so and new year's day is ending it so i just like i think that it was very intentional which it always is but i think it's very intentional the way that she set this album up because mm-hmm. it kind of like like i'm exhausted after i did something bad as the third song and then don't blame me is like a little bit slower and then delicate is like a nice little break you know and mm-hmm. then you go back to look what you made me do so i think i I like really appreciate the way that this album is set up because I can go from start to finish and enjoy every bit of it. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. That was like, that was so insightful actually, Carol. Thank you. You know, sometimes I have these thoughts about music because I, there's not, there's not many songs that love the album, but Mm -hmm. those that I do, I have a lot of thoughts. I think it's interesting that you mentioned the order of the songs because so many people just like put stuff on shuffle and they don't really think about it. So I thought that, that that comment about the order of it was actually, like, I had never thought of that before. Thank you. You look at the order differently now. I think I will. <laughs> I just might. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Okay, what's next? What's left? Folklore and Evermore? Yes. Hold on. I might need to like look at the songs for a second of both. I think I have a I think I have an order, but I want to Yeah, I think I know what you're going to say, but I want you to say it. Wow, this is really this is really hard. I think it's going to go Evermore and then Folklore. Mm-hmm. That's what Is I that what you were happen. thinking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, this is really tough for me. I want to say that in there, the Long Pond specific songs have an asterisk by them because they are truly special from what she did. Yes, I would have to agree. I am specific in liking live songs like a little bit more than pre like recorded songs because I think that it is as close to a concert as possible without being there and I love that mm-hmm. and the the long pond session gave that feeling but we were in quarantine so you got as close as you could be to being there mm-hmm. I also think that the the pairing of a little like movie session where she explained the songs made me a better fan and a more interested fan because she you got to you got to hear her side of things mm-hmm. and that had never been done before so I think that that is important to point out. Yes. Evermore is second because I don't love all of them. I, I like them all a lot. And there are some that I absolutely love. I'll, I'll name those now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll name them now. <laughs> now. Um, I think Gold Rush 
is really great. So good. So Tolerate good. it makes me want to sob. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, happiness is sweet. Dorothea is sweet. Dorothea is sweet. Um, I don't like Coney Island. That kind of dropped it down for me. Mm, okay, that's fair. Nobody, no crime. This might be a hot take. Was a very close sister. The, um, Carrie Underwood song that I'm blanking on. The Before He Cheats song? Yes. It sounded very similar to me, so I felt like it was odd. That is a hot take and an unpopular opinion. I I like the song. I think it's similar to that other song. Um, it's Taylor, I feel like, is known for her individualist feel and that no other song is like her songs. And that felt familiar to me. Wow. That <gasps> might Carol. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, stand by it. If you're gonna say it, I'm gonna stand say it and I stand it. by it because I've thought that since I've heard that song. But wow. <laughs> that is a hot take. That is a hot take. We're getting interesting here. I mean, <laughs> we're getting controversial. <laughs> It's because I've listened to these two albums the most and I have the most opinions about them. That's so fair. I do think Cowboy Like Me is up there because it's so good. Mar- Marjorie is, I think, my favorite on the entire album. Really? Yes. That Be- surprises me. Because it has her grandmother in it and that is emotional to me. <laughs> it is emotional and i i don't know why but i like that is the song that i when i open this album that is the song i go to always mm-hmm. interesting so that's my that's my take on evermore i can't believe i said that familiar comment but i stand by wow it. wow <laughs> i mean i'm i'm still a little i'm shaking in my boots <laughs> quaking so I'm, quaking. <laughs> I'm quaking the foundation of the earth is unstable <laughs> As soon as I said it, I was like, I got like warm. I was like, wow. <laughs> you were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said I can't stand by it. It does. Um, That's fine. You know, every opinion is my valid. Opinion. Every opinion is valid. You are entitled okay. to your opinion. Here we are at Folklore, which I think is the best album she's done. I look at this entire album and I go top to bottom and I love every song. Mm-hmm. Every song is different. Every song is unique. Every song has a purpose. And I think that that is important to an album. Um, I think this is the most prepared. I haven't even prepared, but this is the most opinions I have on any of our podcasts. <laughs> I'm so ready. I'm ready to hear it. Okay. Wow. I don't even. Okay. I'm just going to start from the beginning. The one is so good. I- with you with I don't have enough descriptors in my mind to describe how much I love each of these songs because I think that each of them have a lot of potential to be just spoken about um there is also I will say there needs to be an asterisk by both Folklore and Evermore these both came out my last semester of college when I lived with three of my best friends from nursing school and every single time we listen to these albums we send a picture of it to our little group to message because it makes us think of them and that might be why I love them even more is because there was a day that it was like snowy and gross and rainy outside and we did a puzzle on the ground to this entire album and it's like one of my favorite memories of college because it was so sweet with them and so this makes it even more so so yeah see how you feel about that is how all of us feel about her older albums that we grew up with is like we have those kinds of memories with them yes i understand like you have the most like sense memory with this album yes which is why it's your favorite yes yes i can i can appreciate that for y'all i get that Mm -hmm. okay cardigan lovely sweet fun enjoyable last great american dynasty it's so unique there are not many songs out there that i think tell the story like this one does and it's about her house she lives there i know and that's what's so unique and then i whenever you listen to her talk about how like she country narrative of us like the country background where like the country songs just tell a narrative story but this her own way it's unique 
it's individual, it's Taylor. Exile with Bonnie Bear. I love Bonnie Bear. So that was even better that he was available in a part of this. <laughs> um, I think Mirrorball is great. Oh, you skipped one. Oh my gosh, how could I how could I skip my tears ricochet? That is an emotional an emotional roller coaster that I think tolerated and my tears ricochet and illicit affairs and invisible string. Those are in a four quad for the same vibe. Wow, okay. I think my tears ricochet the intro to that song is particularly yes, amazing. Yes. Like I would listen to just the intro of that song over and over and over and over and over and over yes i um seven and peace and hoax kind of blurred together for me but they're all great Mm -hmm. that's fair um august listen the long pond version of august oh is my word by far by far the greatest song on the planet is the long bond version of august i will stand by that forever it is literally the greatest song of all time Lindsay is standing on a mountain and i'm standing next to her i i I agree a hundred percent i agree i agree it's it's beautiful it's so intellectually well done it is purposeful it is it's just lovely it's great this is me trying, I think, is a cry. Like, it is It is something that you, like, just, like, cry out. And I think to do a little kind of, like, this is the sweet life of Hannah Montana crossover event. Mm-hmm. I think that this is me trying could be paired with an Olivia Rodrigo song well. Mm, okay. Like a good mashup, if you will. A good mashup. I think that the same vibe is happening where she's like kind of exasperated. And I think Olivia is exasperated in some of her songs. Actually, the whole album of Sour is just exasperation. But yes. there's different there's different moments where it's softer exasperation. And I think that that could be paired well with this. Wow. Someone do a mashup. Someone, one of our listeners, get it together, get it, get it done for us. I don't know what song, but I, I had a feeling. Um, okay, I've already talked about listed affairs and invisible string. Both are beautiful. I think they're really, really beautiful. Mad Woman is a little much for me, as well as Betty. I think that they're both like a little harsh, especially when Taylor spreads the F word and Betty. I'm like, I'm like, we don't need that. We don't need it, but it's there. Um. It was, but it it's was such a, a good story. Betty is it such, was a, such a good story. story, and it was purposeful in why she did it. So I, I respect it. And Epiphany to end is just so, it's just so good. It's, it's like one of the least listened to songs on this album, besides Hoax. It's number two from the bottom, but it's so, so good. Yeah, and granted, number two from the bottom is eighty-four million views or listens. Right. So right, right. <laughs> She ain't doing too bad. Okay. That's wow. my thoughts. Wow. That was a lot of thoughts. That was good. Thank I you. appreciate it. We've been recording 69 minutes. I know. I know. <laughs> and we're not going to be able to cut any of it. No. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm trying to think of where where do we even go from here? Like how, how do we move on? Um, I think we say, I'm going to say somewhere, I'm like looking forward to this new Taylor's version era. Because mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling, and it's because Lindsay had a feeling, so I'm with you on the feeling, that this is not the last of the Taylor's versions. Like things are going to be. A, oh, you know, 100%. You know, it's just going to be continuing on. So like, I'm excited to start listening to her older stuff in a new light. Yeah, I think that she owns Folklore and Evermore now. Oh, good. Like, she, like, those are the albums that she, like, that started with her owning them. So I don't know if she'll redo those, but she definitely will redo Speak Now, 1989, Reputation. So, like, we have at least four albums on the way that will be Taylor's versions. Wow. I am intrigued by what reputation 
Taylor's version looks like. That is a very interesting vibe to me. I agree. Yeah, because I feel like this was, as I've said, one of her greatest moves in her career in just turning completely around and doing something completely different and like owning because, you know, she does this whole thing where like, I think this was one of those for where the first time I felt like she wasn't writing songs necessarily like for her audience. Like I do think, I do think that all of her other albums are genuine. Don't get me wrong. I think that they were her real feelings, her real emotions, what she was going through. But I do think there's an aspect of those albums where she knew that she was writing for millions of people. Yes. And I feel like Reputation was the first album where she really only wrote it for herself. Yeah. And only wrote it based on what she personally was going through and wrote it without caring what other people were going to think, especially you know the people that these songs were about because right there was some drama with this album too and it being about you know kanye west and kmk and like all that we're gonna we're just gonna say it right out i mean we're just gonna we're just gonna go out there so you know i feel like there was a lot of there was a lot of drama and build up about this but she really wrote that album for her and i think that the albums following including the taylor's versions of her albums are like her really truly writing and recording and singing these songs for herself yeah which i can appreciate yeah how about let's ask about the short film i think we need to talk about the short film because it was taylor's director debut producer debut it was the first time she's done anything like this what did you think of it i loved it i thought it was really really well done um i think it put into perspective how icky the situation was and icky mm-hmm. is the best way I can describe it because the thought like and our friend Hannah said this and I think it's really accurate that in in our mind especially the generation Sadie Sink is a 12 year old like that is how you've personified her in her mind because of Stranger Things yeah and at least not 12 but maybe 15 like a child she's young she's young and to put her with a man that looks and feels so much older than her Mm -hmm. like really I don't think I understood that until I until I like saw it and so it was really beautifully done and I think that like she did a really great job with it but out of everything that is what I took away most is like it put in perspective like what the relationship like physically looked like from the outside and that was that it was a really young person with somebody that should be not with that age you know yeah yeah it was icky for sure I think that um as far as like the style of the video or the film and everything like I think she did a really good job I think like even the editing like I watched an Mm -hmm. interview of her talking about the scene in the kitchen of them fighting and how like you can just feel like the energy of them and the actors and like the way that they interacted with each other. And they were like, we couldn't cut it. Like we couldn't, we couldn't stop them, you know? And like, I, it's, it was a cool way to see her creativity and her, I guess, like, I don't know a better word other than creativity, but like just to watch like her workmanship be something other than music you know yeah like I thought that that was really cool and she did a great job with it I think and I've watched it multiple times so (laughs) yeah um I hope that it doesn't become overplayed I think that's my biggest fear with all too well is that it's going like she's done such a great thing with it and like people are going to take advantage of it and abuse it and then people are going to be tired of the song and like we're never going to want to hear it again Despite the fact that it's literally the biggest group of lyrical genius that's ever walked this planet. I do agree with that. I was going to say we have to mention All Too Well because that is that is a, just a beautiful, it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It really, it really is. So with that, ladies and gents, 
we have to bid you adieu we have to go we have to go like this this could easily be the topic of our entire podcast i think um but we won't do that to you <laughs> we won't make this a taylor we Swift won't podcast. no no just have some fun with it <clears throat> of course um please let us know your thoughts on taylor swift your favorite albums your favorite songs um if you want us to do a part two maybe we can get Riley on here someday and we can discuss further um maybe we can talk about the drama you know we didn't really get into the drama yeah some history some history might be good some backstory some history there are quite a few I share our our love with like Taylor um but regards so if we want to do like a an album series where we like talk about different albums or different artists that could be kind of Mm -hmm. fun yeah could be fun or something like that where we have some or ben rector you know just some just some artists that have some emotional memories tied to it could be fun yes i love that i love that Um, okay all right well we did it see you later (laughs) see you later friends hope you enjoyed um let us know if you did let us know if you didn't um, we still have an email, kind of fun podcast at gmail.com. It still works. And Please use it. <laughs> we still have an Instagram at kind of fun podcast. Go feel free to follow us and DM us if you want. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>